I mean, my purpose, I mean, I have other purposes as well. I'm, I'm a, a parent to my daughter, but, yeah. but I, I, I do like have this strong desire to be with my content, with, you know, whatever I produce with my coaching, with the things that I write, which is to create little lights for people who are struggling with like something that's on their heart that they really want to be or do or have. And all of these thoughts to say that they can't do it, like to help them light up their path and, uh, mm-hmm. and find a way. Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast, where we bring you real life working mom stories, tips, tricks, and advice for thriving and surviving in motherhood, because you shouldn't have to experience working motherhood alone. Join our community of support as we discuss all of the things and how we get by in this sometimes crazy and imperfect journey of working motherhood. Welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. On this week's episode of the podcast, I am talking to Julie Ann Randall. So Julie is a life coach and owner of Allowing Joy. In her life coach business, she empowers her clients to create their joyful desires, even when they seem impossible. Her clients have accomplished a variety of impossible goals, including building new businesses, attaining promotions, changing jobs, augmenting income, transforming discordant relationships, finding new love, completing PhD dissertations, publishing books, making and marketing art, among a variety of other things that Julie has helped her clients achieve. So Julie set out on creating her coaching business due to a family loss, which we'll go into more on the podcast, then went through the Martha Beck Life Coach Training Program and decided her passion was really helping moms thrive in their lives. So I'm really excited to chat with Julie today. And I know you'll get a ton of value out of this conversation. So without further ado, let's dive in to our episode this week with Julie Ann Randall. Hi, Julie Ann. Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. I'm so happy you're joining me today. Good morning. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. Yes, of course. So can you... Just start by telling us a little bit about you, your family, your background, and anything else you'd like to share with our listeners. Sure. I'm a life coach, and I'm specialized in helping people create their impossible dreams. I'm also a single mom with a beautiful four-year-old little girl that I co-parent with her other mom. Chavis has her 50% of the time, and I'm in the process of becoming a single mom by choice with my second child. I grew up on the West Coast, went to college on the East Coast, and lived in Italy for seven years uh, before returning to California. I have a degree from an Ivy League school, done a bunch of different things professionally, including working in public relations, marketing, project management, apparel design, interior design, real estate 
sales, mortgage loan origination, massage therapy, as a tour guide, and as a birth and postpartum doula, to name a few. But my greatest love is truly empowering people to say yes to and create what their hearts really desire. I love that so much. Yes, I think that's so important, especially for moms after we become moms to kind of not lose those dreams that we had before we were moms. So I just love what you're doing. And I love everything you just said. And not buying into like the societal belief that, okay, now that I'm a mom, like that's all that I can do. And I can't do these other things or my needs aren't important. Like only my kids' needs are important. Right. Yes. That is so important for moms to realize that. So what advice would you give to moms? to start, like just in relation to sort of balancing or managing work and family lives. I know balance can be a very sort of loaded question or loaded concepts. Like a lot of people believe balance doesn't exist, but what would you say to moms in relation to that? I think, I mean, the analogy I always use about the balance is like when a pilot flies a plane, they can't fly directly. They're always course correcting. When they realize they're a little bit off course and they correct this way. And when they're off course the other way, they correct that way. So I think balance is always paying attention to yourself and your inner guidance of what's right for you. And then course correcting. And, you know, my advice is really listen to yourself, (laughs) get clear about what it is that you really want, and then go out and create it. And there's no one way that's right to have work and family life. There's only the way that's right for you. And just because other people that you see around you are doing it in X, Y, Z kind of way doesn't mean that you have to do it that way. Mm-hmm. The important thing is to figure out what it is that your heart wants and then go figure out how to, to do that. And I think that if you think you have to do something just because you see it around you, then give yourself permission to do whatever it is that you really want, no matter mm-hmm. what other people are doing. That said, if you want to do something, one of the most powerful ways of figuring out how to do it is to go out and look for models of other people who have done it, because then it's easier to believe that you can do it too, when you find other people who have done it. And you might have to look for a while and there might not be a zillion of them, but finding other people to model for you, what you want to do can give you that extra belief that you can do it too. And of course, if nobody's done it, if nobody's run the four minute mile, you know, preferably already, then go out and be an example for the others behind you who might want to do it too. Yes. I love that. And I love what you said about kind of listening to your inner self and your intuition. I think that's so important for moms and women in general, because oftentimes I think society is like ingraining us not to listen to our intuition in a way. So it's like, we have to kind of put a stop to that and just say, no, like I am going to listen to what's coming to me because that's what I feel deeply and strongly about. Yeah. And I think a lot of my work is when people want something, usually the biggest obstacle is between our own two ears. (laughs) It's the thoughts in our mind that tell us, oh, you can't do that. You can't have that. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. I'm too, you know, the wrong color. I'm the wrong religion. I don't have enough support. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. All of these thoughts of like all the reasons why we think we can't do something. And the biggest challenge is often like shifting those thoughts 
and finding the reasons why you can rather than why you can't. Yes, I love that. And just to kind of go a little bit deeper into that, because I think a lot of moms would probably want to know, what would you say to them? Like, how do you go about shifting your thoughts? Is there like a couple of pointers you can give them along the lines of, okay, how do I even start doing this? Come work with me as a coach. (laughs) But seriously, the first thing is to notice what the thought is. Because when you notice it, So you notice what the thought is. Okay, so I have this dream and I think that this dream is impossible. Okay, how do you feel when you think my dream is impossible? Well, I feel angry and frustrated and sad and depressed. (laughs) And then what do you do when you're feeling angry and frustrated and sad and depressed? Well, I sit around and eat Netflix and I eat, you know, two boxes of Oreo cookies. And I chat on my phone or I scroll on Facebook or I go out and compulsively shop or I'm angry with my husband. Whatever you're doing, I'm criticizing other people like, ooh, look at that person. Who does she think she is that she can do that? Whatever it is that you do, everybody look at when you're thinking my dream's impossible and you're feeling angry and sad and depressed and you're eating cookies or like binging on Netflix, then what is the result? Well, you're not creating your dream, (laughs) but it's not because your dream is impossible. It's because you're thinking that it's impossible. That's leading you to feel the angry, sad, and depressed, and then do all of these things that don't get you the results that you want. So once you see the result of that thought and how it functions in your life, then it's not necessarily still easy, but it's easier to be like, oh, I see that. That's my brain with that practice thought that this dream is impossible and I don't have to go there today. (laughs) Today, I can think, look, these seven people over here did it so I can do it too. Or I'm really good at learning things and this thing that I want to do is a learned skill and I've learned a lot of other hard things before and I can learn this too. Or you know what? I've done hard things and I can do hard things. So you can begin to, once you see it and you see the effect of that thought in your life, then you can begin to notice it. First, you notice it and you still believe it. Then you notice it and then you don't believe it. (laughs) And then you notice it and you consciously choose a different thought. Yeah, I love that. And yes, great preview of, I'm sure if someone worked with you as a coach, what you would offer to them. I love that. (laughs) We do it all the time. (laughs) So uh, let me go back a little bit and just ask you what inspired you to do the work you're currently doing? How did you get to be a coach? Was there like a defining moment that you kind of realized that's really what you wanted to do? That was your calling, your purpose, or just kind of walk us through that story. Yeah. So when my brother was a senior in high school, he chose to end his own life. And he was honor student, uh, Eagle Boy Scout, really talented composer. He made multi-track recordings with a synthesizer and did all the instrumental parts and all the vocal parts. And he was funny and kept everybody in stitches. Amazing person. And he had a thought, I can't make money in music. And he wanted to be a musician. And he thought that that was you know, he had to be a computer programmer or an engineer to make money. And so, and this is my perspective, but my understanding was that 
and we discussed it before it happened, but he really was like, well, you know, what I want is impossible. And then he was feeling depressed and then he decided to end his life. And at the time I did not have, I tried, but I did not have the skill set to show him that his thoughts weren't necessarily even true, Mm -hmm. that it was possible to make money in music and it's possible to make money in a zillion other ways and be a musician. But I didn't have the skill set to show him that he didn't have to believe those thoughts that his mind was serving up. And so it certainly set me on a path of, I want to find effective ways to help people to see past these limiting thoughts that we have in our brains that cause us to think we can't do things that we really could. (laughs) Yeah, I went about my life and I really also realized that there were some areas where I had thoughts that I couldn't have what I wanted and they were getting me stuck too. And which is, I mean, normal, probably everybody on the planet has thoughts that they can't have what something that they want, everybody. But there were some areas in my, my life where I was really stuck too. And at one point I was in the employment development department, like looking through jobs. I was in a job change, job career change. And I was looking through all of this career material and I discovered that there was this profession called coaching. And I was like, oh my goodness, there is a whole profession. There are learnable skills that you can learn that can help me, you. They can also, I could use them and help others actually do what it is, what they wanted to do. And to get past these obstacles that we all have to something that we really want. And I was like, oh my goodness, sign me up and dove in from there. Yeah. I'm so sorry about your loss, but I really do think that is so important to, for people to realize, as you said, we do have these limiting beliefs. And one of the quotes that stands out to me. So when I first started like my journey blogging, getting online, really following my passions and what I love doing. I started listening to a podcast by Kathy Heller and it's don't keep your day job. And she kept saying over and over and over, and it really resonated with me. Like she said, the opposite of depression is purpose. And that just like stuck with me to this day. And it, I'm like, yes, that really is true. A lot of people have to, you know, go through such mental blocks, mental roadblocks, and they're inside their own heads and sometimes just need someone like you to come and let them know it's okay to express their passions, to follow their purpose, to do what they're meant to be doing. It's okay to do that. So Yeah. And I wouldn't wish what I went through or what my family went through on anybody, but it has given me my purpose. I mean, I have other purposes as well. I'm a parent to my daughter, but I do like have this strong desire to be with my content, you know, whatever I produce with my coaching, with the things that I write, which to create little lights for people who are struggling with like something that's on their heart that they really want to be or do or have. And all of these thoughts to say that they can't do it, like to help them light up their path and, uh, mm-hmm. and find a way. Yeah. That was really beautiful. How you put that right there. I love that. to light up their path and find their way. That's really beautifully put. So what it would be your sort of like your favorite part of the work you're currently doing? 
just, it's such a privilege and joy to be on the journey with people when they're making transformations, especially when they've been struggling or suffering for a long time. To be able to help somebody complete a PhD that they've been like sitting on for 10 years and they're like, this is never going to get done to like be able to help them get that done or to publish the book that they've been wanting to publish or to help them save their marriage (laughs) and create the love and the connection and the partnership with their partner that they have wanted and dreamed about, but they haven't been able to figure out how to create. And even if it's just the little things in like one coaching session, there can be one moment where somebody comes to the coaching session and when they arrive, they are exhausted and feeling depleted and feeling powerless and feeling frustrated or overwhelmed or scared or angry or lonely or whatever it is. And to be able through the process of coaching, which is just asking questions and revealing the wisdom that's already inside my client. I don't bring something from the outside. I'm just helping them reveal what's on the inside, but helping them to see things in a different way. And they can go away feeling lighter, feeling inspired, feeling more confident, feeling more powerful, feeling like they can create what they want. And they're not a victim to their circumstances. That feeds me in such a powerful way. Yes, I can definitely see how that is would be very fulfilling and very just, I don't know, it just makes you feel really good to help people because I feel the same way with just like doing the podcast. Like I absolutely love, this is like my favorite part of what I do, just talking to different moms and having conversations like this. Totally. And for years, I mean, I had a long kind of securitist route (laughs) and for years I was doing other things, which are totally great. But I'm a person who loves to help people and to connect with people in a deep way. And for years, I longed for work that would allow me to connect with people in a really deep level and help make a difference and help them in a really meaningful way. And I have been blessed probably for the last, you know, 10, 12 years (laughs) to be doing work that maybe even longer but to be doing work that really allows me to connect with people in a really deep, meaningful way and help them make positive changes in their life. It's so exciting and delightful. And I feel so grateful that I can do this. I love that. So tell us a little bit about your typical day, kind of like walk us through, like what do you typically do, kind of break your week into different chunks to work on your business or how do you structure that and sort of like, give the listeners a little bit of an idea of what typical week looks like for a life coach. So, well, so I'm also a mom. So in the morning, getting my daughter ready, she goes to preschool and I'm super grateful that she, her preschool has been able to be open uh, since last September with modifications. (laughs) And so in the morning or in the evening, I may be, you know, getting her up and getting her off to school or getting her dinner and off to bed and those kinds of mom things. And in the middle, 
I can be found coaching or working, creating content for my business or working on my business, uh, building additional skills, marketing, whatever it is for my business. And then certainly there are also self-care things that are super important to me as well. Um, Physically working out, having my own meditation practice and writing practice and self-coaching practice and getting coached myself. And, you know, I think the, one of the, my mentors always taught me to take care of myself first, because I can only give to other people as much as I can take care of myself first. So certainly part of my commitment to my clients is also to to do this work in my own life first, so that Mm. I can then share from my overflow and from my own personal experience. And then on the weekends, I do try to have at least one fun thing that I can do with my daughter and or with friends. Often they're combined with friends. Yeah. And then some of it is like taking care of chores. And I, I love people, but I also do recharge from having alone time. And I do protect my, you know, space that's alone time, but also doing fun things. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. So I have one five-year-old daughter and yeah, she's very, so very similar. She just started kindergarten, actually. The picture was so beautiful of her on the bus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she ran right on the bus and like didn't look back. And I was the one that was crying a little bit. But (laughs) yeah, that kind of leads me to backtracking a little bit. I forgot to ask you, what is your favorite part of being a mom? Oh, my goodness. Being a mom is like the best thing. And I... Do I have to pick just one? No, of course not. (laughs) I love the snuggles and the laughter and the excuse to do fun things and the excuse to be creative and get out all my art supplies and get really messy. I love seeing the world through her eyes. I love just the opportunity to reflect on life and what's important and what am I teaching by how I'm living and how I'm acting because she's not going to listen to what I say she's going to like learn by what I do and how am I living so it's like I'm on camera (laughs) and recognizing that what I do matters because somebody else is watching and if I'm living small and afraid and not going after my dreams because I'm believing that they're impossible, she's going to learn that she's powerless in the world and she can't go after her dreams. And if I am taking risks and doing scary things and putting myself out there and going after what I want, then I'm modeling for her that she can be powerful in the world too. And she can go out and create, and she doesn't have to accept whatever she's dealt with. She can like go and create what her heart wants too. So recognizing that, you know, just the opportunity for reflection and purpose. Like I love your quote about purpose. Like it definitely gives me purpose and focus and it's totally fun. I love that. Yeah. And I agree with everything you said about being a mom. It's an amazing experience that sometimes it's hard to describe unless, you know, you're in it and you're doing it. But I love that we're both teaching our daughters to follow their dreams. That's what I feel totally most passionate about, like above and beyond a lot of other things I do in my business. Like that's like my overarching, like I think goal and hope in life is to make sure that she knows that it's okay to pursue her dreams. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was scared for a long time. I hadn't found 
a partner. I wanted to be a mom, but I was scared of doing it alone and scared that I wouldn't be able to handle it. And I didn't have enough time or enough money or, you know, all of these, it's impossible. (laughs) And, you know, looking back, it's the best thing that I ever did. And I am so excited that I gave myself that gift. Yes, that's absolutely amazing. We're talking about like pursuing our dreams and goals and having the courage to go forward and do that. For those ones that are wanting to pursue their dreams and allow that joy into their lives, what advice, tips, or encouragement do you have for them just to have them like go out and get started with it? So, I mean, I think the process is the same, whether it's a big dream, like creating a romantic relationship, whether it's like a new one, (laughs) because you need to find the person or creating the relationship you actually want with the person you're already with or starting a company or finishing your PhD or writing the book or something small. Like I just want an extra hour of sleep and that just feels impossible as a mom. Or I want to, I really don't want to send holiday cards, but I (laughs) was taught that I have to, and that a good person should and does. So I think the process is the same, whether it's, you know, quote unquote, big or quote unquote, small. Yeah. The first step is really getting clear about what it is you want and admitting it at least to yourself. You don't have to tell anybody else yet, but admitting it at least to yourself. And then there's a whole process that I work with with my clients of creating it. Most people are going to jump into action. Like what is the action that I have to take? And action is certainly a critical part of the process. Most goals, almost all goals, you need to take action. And if you don't take action, and sometimes a lot of action, you're not going to get your goals. But that's not all of the process. A typical maybe example would be weight loss. So if you have to lose, you don't have to, you want to lose 100 pounds. Most people know that, okay, an action of eating less or exercising more would get me there. But the problem is not that they don't know what those actions are. The problem is the reasons why they're not eating less or exercising more. And that has to do with the thoughts and feelings. So the key is also looking at what are your thoughts. If you are thinking something's impossible, you're going to be feeling a bunch of feelings, whether it's sadness or frustration or fear or overwhelm or confusion about what where to even start or in all of those, and you're probably not going to be taking effective action. If you can look at that thought and instead of thinking, oh, it's impossible, you can think, well, I can figure it out or this person did it. So maybe I can too, or, you know, I'm good at learning things. This is a learnable skill, whatever the thought is, if you could, or maybe there's multiple thoughts, if you can come up with some other thoughts about it, rather than it's impossible or whatever the limited thought is, then you can feel, well, I have some hope or I have some curiosity about what I might try or I have inspiration or I have commitment or I have focus. And those more powerful feelings can then drive you to take action that can get you where you want. The other thing that I wanted to say is the process. So there's this idea in our society that we should always be happy. And there's a problem if we're not happy. (laughs) Advertising is telling us like, do this and you'll be happy. Yeah. And I'm the first person to totally support anybody going after their happiness, the pursuit of happiness. Like that's what I'm all about. Like if somebody, if I meet somebody in a cocktail party and they're like, I have this dream, but I can't do it. I'm like, why not? (laughs) And I'm like, all in there. 
that's my, one of my favorite things to do, but the process of getting there doesn't always feel good when yeah. we are birthing anything. And I used to be a birth and postpartum doula, helping women through the process of pregnancy and birth. When we are birthing anything, there are often labor pains and it's often uncomfortable. And yes, we have epidurals and there's ways of making it more comfortable, but fundamentally there's often like discomfort along with creating our dreams. And there's this thing in the coaching industry that the yeah. one, the single most important thing that holds people back from creating their dreams is the unwillingness to be uncomfortable. And mm -hmm. I would say that I see that as being really true because often in order to create your dreams, you have to be uncomfortable. If you want a relationship, you might have to go out and like date some frogs that are really <laughs> like awful dates. And if you want to build a company, you might have to go ask people for funding money. You know, you might have to do things that are uncomfortable along the way. And if you're not willing to be uncomfortable, it's going to be really hard to create your dreams. If you are willing to show up and feel anxiety and feel fear and feel uncertainty and feel frustration and feel those uncomfortable emotions, then the world is your oyster. You can create anything that you want. If you're willing to feel uncomfortable, nothing can stop you. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And I think that was probably one of the biggest lessons I learned since walking away from my corporate job and pursuing my own business, because I've had to be uncomfortable many times in trying to build a business. And one of the things lately, um, I'm in a coaching program and they talk about taking messy action, just taking a step forward, just take the next step. Don't worry about like the whole process, just take a messy step and move forward, put yourself out there, put the sales page up or put the offer out there and worry about the rest of it later. Like just put that B there. minus work, <laughs> B minus work. And, you know, I was a, a student and I was valedictorian. Yeah. And so for me to do B minus work is excruciating. <laughs> Absolutely excruciating. But like the reality of life is you get farther if you're willing to like go through the discomfort of doing B minus work where it doesn't matter and save your A plus work for where it actually matters. Oh, totally. Yes. And I can totally relate to that. I was also an A student throughout school. So yeah, it's very hard to let go of that old kind of mindset of I have to get the A every time. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and sometimes in life, you can't get the A because it's not about what other people think. Like getting the A is about what somebody else judges your work to be, not about what you yeah. feel inside. And sometimes happiness and joy is about following what you feel inside, no matter whether or not somebody else does it as A plus or B minus or an F. Like who cares what somebody else thinks? Yeah, for sure. I love that so much. <laughs> Everyone needs to take a note of this. Yeah, I just love that. We can't control what they think anyway. <laughs> exactly, right. Yeah, we cannot control what other people think. Exactly. And we shouldn't try to either. We shouldn't because that just puts more stress on us. Well, we can, but it's the really hard way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we all do. We all try it. Like I've totally been there, like trying yeah. to get that person to do X, Y, or Z so I can be happy. But that is the hardest way ever yeah. to like create joy because ultimately we cannot control what somebody else does or doesn't do or wants to do or doesn't want to do, but we can 
find ways to create our own joy and our own happiness, regardless of how they show up. So that's a super hard lesson, but a super valuable one. (laughs) For sure. Yeah, that is so important to realize that you have the capability to create your own joy and happiness in life. And you should focus on it because we only have one life to live. (laughs) I wouldn't say it's true. Like everybody is free, but it's easier. Definitely. And way more fun. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. So what are um, three just tips you'd give moms today to try to help them figure out their dreams? Maybe they're just sort of feeling a little lost, a little stuck. New motherhood often is very overwhelming, especially if you have little kids in the house with you still, you know, they're not in school yet and you're kind of just overwhelmed by it all. What would you give them as tips to help figure out their dreams, take steps towards pursuing them or anything in relation to that? I think listening to that inner voice, it can be overwhelming and it can also be a moment when you get clear about what's important and listening to that inner voice. My experience is that a lot of people do actually know what they want. They're just afraid to admit it. So getting courageous enough to at least admit it to yourself. You don't have to write it down. You don't have to let your partner see it. You don't have to tell, you know, your family or your religion or your community or your political party or whatever, but at least enough to admit it to yourself. If somebody is struggling with not really knowing, like they're really like, I really don't have a clue. Then I would start with what you don't want. Like what you don't want. Some people come to me and they're like, I don't know what my new job title is going to be, but I don't want to be doing this anymore. (laughs) And I don't want to have a boss that is like beating me down and criticizing me. I don't want to have to drive to the office. I want to work from home. So make a list of what it is that you don't want. I don't want to be working 80 hours a week. I don't want to be focusing on widgets. I want to be doing something that matters. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be working eight hours a week. I don't want to have a boss that's criticizing me. I don't want to be working with widgets. And then from what you don't want, ask yourself, well, what would the opposite be? Not working 80 hours a week? Well, maybe I want to work 30 hours a week, or maybe I want to work 10, or maybe I want to work 60 hours one week and then 15 hours the next week whatever. What is it? I don't want to work with widgets. I want to work with people that Mm -hmm. doing stuff that makes a difference for people. I don't want to have a critical boss. I want to be my own boss, or I want to work on a team where we're all supporting each other. So figuring out what you don't want can help you figure out what you do want. Yeah. And then once you know what you want, I would say, ask yourself why you want it. Okay. Well, I want to be a doctor. Well, Why? Because I want to make a difference for people. Well, why do you want to do that? Because it feels so satisfying for me to help people. Why is that important? Well, because I grew up with people who were just caring about themselves and I want to care about other people. Why is that important to you? Asking that over and over at least five times until you get to some of the deeper reasons why you want what you want. And it doesn't have to be altruistic. Like you can want to lose weight so you look great in the size six jeans or a size 12 jeans or whatever it is. You can want to feel sexy. You can, you know, whatever. It doesn't have to be like 
for somebody else can be just for you. There's no wrong reason. But when you get to your deeper reasons, then you have fuel. When I'm working with people, your des- the, what you want is the destination city on the hill where you're going. And your why is the fuel to get you there. And when things get uncomfortable, because they're going to get uncomfortable on the process of creating anything, knowing why it matters to you can give you the strength to keep going, even when things get hard, even when it's uncomfortable, even when it's scary, even when you're uncertain, even when there's like failure or setbacks or whatever, knowing that why can help you have the fuel to get there. And then I think the third thing that I would say is think about the person that you will become when you are there. So, you know, if I'm working with somebody who is wanting to have a child and they have done fertility treatments over and over and miscarriages, miscarriages, and or, you know, losses or not getting pregnant or whatever it is that every or you know, whatever chromosomal fail abnormalities and whatever, all of these like failures in the process, the temptation as humans is we are like looking at this failure and feeling frustrated and sad and depressed. But if you can look past it, so like up the mountain, look from the top down rather than the bottom of the mountain, looking through all these trees and not being able to see where the top is or the path to get to the top. If you can, in your mind, go to the top of the mountain and look down, you can use that to pull yourself up. So go to the place where you already have your baby and you're snuggling with that baby and you're so delighted to finally have accomplished that goal of becoming a mom. And you can look back and say, yeah, every step of that journey, even though it was painful, even though it was hard, was worth it because it got me here. Who would that person be? And then how would that person feel? And how would she think? And how would she act? You can actually get a lot of advice from your future self. If you go to that place where you're thinking about that future self, you can actually ask her, what would you advise me? How would you think about this? Well, think about this as a no big deal blip in the road because eventually you're going to make it (laughs) and you can feel better or, you know, say no to that request on your time because that's not what's going to be your priority when you're CEO of this new company that you are starting and you're not going to be spending your time baking cookies when you're CEO of this company you're trying to start. So you can go ahead and say no now and start acting like her. So beginning to think about who is my future self who has accomplished what I'm in the process of creating and how does she think? How does she feel? How does she act? How can I begin to be her now? How can I feel like her now? How I can act like her now? How can I think like her now? And the more you can stay in that embodiment of your future self, then the more, the faster you'll get to where you're going because you become her. And the reason we want anything is, we want what we want. The booby prize is the side benefit is the person we become in the process. And the sooner we start becoming that person, the sooner we a get to the goal, but we also get the side benefit goal of becoming that person. I absolutely love that. Yes. I've gone through that exercise many times of sort of journaling, like my future self and all of, you know, just really like describing it to the scene that I'm in. What am I doing? 
what work am I doing? You know, where am I living? Like all of those details. And it really is super powerful to do that and do it often and just keep imagining what you want to be doing, what you're most fulfilled by, and just kind of create that reality then kind of like move forward. Like you're co-creating your reality with the universe. Totally. And we are. (laughs) And it it feels so much better to be staying in that joy of having what you want, like how you want to be feeling rather than in the temporary frustration or angst or fear or whatever of the temporary obstacle. Yeah, for sure. I love this conversation. I could probably talk about that kind of stuff all day. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) So before we kind of move on to a little lightning round of questions, is there any other advice you want to give moms? You know, it's never too late. If you're not dead, it's not too late. (laughs) If you're still alive, there's still an opportunity to create something. And, you know, sometimes people will be like, well, am I too late? And, you know, I've worked with moms in their 70s who have created entirely new careers from themselves and built seven, really six, seven figure big businesses. I've worked with numerous women who have become moms in their 50s, both through pregnancy and through adoption. And several of them are single moms by choice. You know, and there's all sorts, like, don't let whatever your choices were in the past, like, it doesn't help to judge ourselves or criticize ourselves. I'm quote unquote late bloomer in so many ways. It took me a long time to figure things out. Who cares? Like the past is the past. Doesn't help us to judge ourselves or criticize ourselves for anything that's happened in the past. All we have is now. And we have two choices. We can choose to use now to create something that we want and go for it. Or we can choose to use now to like believe that we can't make a difference and continue along the path that we're already on. We know that path. And it's going to be 50-50 either way. There's good things and bad things either way. There's going to be discomfort either way. There's a discomfort of staying where you are and wishing you could be doing something that your heart dreams about. There's a discomfort of going after it. Which discomfort do you want? The one that actually moves you towards your dreams or the one that like associated with being stuck and frustrated. So there's going to be discomfort anyway, either way. I love and I choose often, sometimes not, but often choose the discomfort of going after what I want because ultimately it serves me more than the discomfort of staying in something that I don't want. Totally. And oftentimes I think the discomfort is so temporary, but we kind of make it feel in our heads like it's going to be more than it is. And we just get these ideas around and that keep us stuck in our heads. But in all reality, the discomfort probably lasts just a short time. And then we're on to the next step. We're building that dream. We're moving forward. And then we kind of even forget that we had the discomfort in the first place. Yeah. In my work, I often teaching people to feel and process negative emotion. And often it's really 90 seconds or less. If, for example, if I'm working with somebody that wants to lose weight and they have a food protocol and the first day they eat their food and then they stop because that was at their protocol and the urge is to eat more because they're feeling uncomfortable emotions. And so the first thing that I have to teach them is how to sit with whatever they're feeling, whether it's anxiety or fear or whatever, frustration, bad, whatever is coming up. And often if you just sit and, you know, put your hand on your heart or on your belly 
and just breathe. And you know, this is the part where I'm feeling anxious. Okay. This is the part where I'm feeling anxious. This is the part where I'm feeling sad or whatever it is. And you just notice it and breathe with it. This is the part where I'm feeling sad. Okay. This is the part where I'm feeling sad. And often 90 seconds or less. And yeah, it's dissolved, shifted, and you can go on to whatever the next thing is. It doesn't have to be that big of a deal. We avoid emotions, uncomfortable emotions, particular, because nobody ever taught us that it's okay, like just to sit and be feeling sad or feeling anxious or feeling afraid or feeling angry or whatever it is we're feeling. And when you learn, okay, it's okay. I can feel anxious, but that's okay. Not going to kill me. Yeah. Then you really become unstoppable because then you don't have to do all of those behaviors to not feel like whether it's overeating or Netflix or shopping or whatever it is, you don't have to do those, even self-criticism and flagellation, whatever it is that you do to avoid feeling scrolling. (laughs) We don't have to do all that stuff. And then we can actually use our time. You know, when people say, well, I don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. A lot of our time is avoiding feelings. <laughs> and if we were using that same amount of time creating our dreams, we would have a whole stack of dreams created by now. <laughs> right. Yes, for sure. I love the explanation. I think that's so important for, you know, us moms to just realize those types of things. Yeah. This is the part where I feel really overwhelmed because this one's got green paint all over her body and this one just (laughs) dumped out the entire makeup drawer. This one just is playing, you know, snow angels with the flower in the kitchen floor. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So thank you so much. I really love this conversation. I just have a couple more questions sort of to get to know you, what you're working on and where we can find you online and all of those good things. So I asked this question to all of my guests because I actually have sort of like a challenge on my website for moms to figure out what their non-negotiables are. So what is something that you consider to be a non-negotiable practice you have to do every day to either start or end your day on a positive note? I have a writing practice. So years ago, I was working with a coach who challenged me to write three times a day for 10 minutes. And I had to do it every day for 30 days. And it took me like four and a half months to get my 30 days straight (laughs) because I would get to like day 17 and I would miss one of the three times per day. And that writing practice, it's evolved and shaped and I've used it with my clients and I've changed it up, but it is always a way to... Uh, ground and focus me on whatever it is I'm creating and Mm -hmm. the results that I'm in the process of creating and the feelings that drive it and the thoughts that drive it. So really just as a reminder, three times a day, pausing for 10 minutes and refocusing myself on what I'm creating and what I need to think and feel in order to get there. Yeah, I love that. I do. I want to start doing more journaling daily. So that's on my goal list for like the next month to just start doing more kind of free journaling. Yeah. And I definitely do free journaling too. And, you know, certainly exercise, physical exercise is uh, critical. When I was 18 years old, I realized that if I did not exercise every other day, like I was toast, you know, that's as important to me as sleep or eating or brushing my teeth, like uh, working out meditation, my journaling, um, self-coaching and being coached by other people. Cause sometimes you just need somebody else to see your, the fallacies in your brain. (laughs) Yeah. 
and like food, nourishing myself with healthy food. And all of that is certainly a part of it as well. Yeah, definitely. So who would be your sort of favorite, either like a favorite podcast or blogger, like a favorite author or other expert that has really influenced you in your life? There are lots. <laughs> I follow a lot of coaches and certainly Brooke Castillo and the Life Coach School and her self-coaching scholars. I mean, certainly has been like a fountain and we trained in the same. I did initial coaching training and then I did Martha Beck training, which Brooke also came from that background. So certainly her work and her commitment, she's coached, she's, she trains coaches. So a lot of those coaches who have trained with her would probably be inspiring to me in terms of the coaching industry. And then there's things like small things often by the Gottman Institute, you know, just podcasts that kind of give you little nuggets that you can take with you and apply to bring more joy and love in your life. Yes, that's definitely important. I love those types of podcasts as well. What are you currently working on that you're most excited about? Becoming a mom for the second time. Yeah, creating my second child. That's, <laughs> That's my, it's not impossible. That is very yeah. possible. It's happening. <laughs> but that is my dream that I'm in the process of, that I'm excited about being in the process of creating. That's amazing. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. <laughs> and where can our listeners find you online? Where do you hang out the most often? And all of those good things. So my website is allowingjoy.com. A-L-L-O-W-I-N-G, allowingjoyjoy.com. And my Instagram is allowingjoycoaching. So either of those places. Yeah. Okay, awesome. I'll also link to all those in the show notes. So all the listeners can just go click on those and find you. And thank you. I just want to thank you again for coming on the podcast. Such a pleasure. For this amazing conversation. I've had such an amazing time talking with you. And like I said, I can talk about topics of finding your passion as a mom, like all day. I love talking about that. So just thank you so much. It's so important. And what we, our children are watching and what, when we create our dreams, when we go after them, we're teaching them how to do it. So I'm so grateful to you for having this conversation and to get to know a like-minded soul. (laughs) So thank you so much. Honor and privilege. Definitely. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. So hi, mamas. I wanted to take a quick minute just to tell you about my brand new course that's going to be launching. So I had mentioned this course in the past and life happened and I got a little behind in creating all of the modules but I went on this amazing family vacation over the summer. We traveled out west and it really put a ton of things in perspective for me. I came back and I said, I really feel passionately about launching this course for moms. So what this course is, it's for you if you're feeling stuck. You've been in the burnout cycle for a while. You're not sure what steps you can take towards a better work family life integration. You crave freedom from the typical nine to five, and you're certain there has to be a better way to do this working mom life. So I've totally been in your shoes. I want to help you discover your passions and dreams 
and turn them into a viable business online so that you can find your zone of genius and finally feel passionate about the work you're doing without sacrificing your family life along the way. So I will ask you, if this sounds like what you need in your life, Mama, then I'd love for you to join me in the business launch pad. So you can go to the theworkingmomcollective.com slash launch, L-A-U-N-C-H, and you can sign up to get on the waitlist for the course, which will be launching in October. So again, that is theworkingmomcollective.com slash launch, L-A-U-N-C-H, and that will get you set up on my waitlist. Um, I'll send you some email notifications just to let you know when the course is open to sign up. And you can also get all of the details and what you'll be getting in this course at that website. So again, I would love to see you in the business launch pad. I really feel passionately about helping other moms reach their big goals and their big dreams. And I want to help you sort of fast track your way towards your dreams. So let me help you follow your dreams because that is what I feel most passionately about is helping moms discover their dreams and their purpose. So if you would like to join me, please get on the wait list and I can't wait to see you inside the business launch pad. I would be so, so grateful if you went and left a rating and review of the podcast. So Apple loves it when you rate and review the podcast that you love listening to. And it would just mean the world to me if you went over and left a rating and review for the podcast. So that way our show can be introduced to more working moms that really, really can gain positivity from these episodes that can teach them something. So if you go and leave a rating and review, I would be so grateful and just thank you again for continuing to listen every week. You are the reason why I continue to talk into this microphone for this podcast without you. I would have the podcast. So thank you so much.